Alright guys, welcome back to Combat Talk, your weekly episode of the MMA podcast where we talk about the fights, discuss MMA news and predict upcoming events. And guys, if you want to see more episodes, be the first to subscribe, drop a notification bell and share with your friends. I'm here with a returning guest in Ruthless Omni, a top UFC 4 gamer. How are you, man? Doing pretty well. How about you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You excited about the fights this week? Oh, wow. Absolutely. This is going to be a, a tremendous card. I've been waiting for this for months and um, it's about time to see this, uh, to see this lightweight championship um, fight. I think Justin Gagey is just a menace. And, and if anybody really could figure out a way to defeat Khabib, it, it probably is him. Um, not to say he would, but yeah. Oh yeah. And um, well, yeah, this is what we're going to get up to the big question. Like, but do you think that personally, like if you were to, I don't know if you're betting money, but if you were to bet your money, Khabib, Khabib, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's just going to be one of those one-sided fights that people think like he's just going to take him to the floor or because we saw from the Dustin Poirier fight, he was, he's a black belt in jujitsu and, and look what happened. Would you not say a jujitsu has a better chance over Khabib than a, not at all. All American wrestler does because I, I don't know. It makes you think. I mean, it, it, I think a big part of it, and, and for me going into jujitsu, um, one over the other, whereas a jujitsu is going to play with his guard, you know, he's, he's trying to get his hooks in. And Khabib does very well for isolating those kind of fighters. I mean, you take a look at what he did with the RDA, right? Um, and he avoids getting himself into those situations. Tony Ferguson really does utilize that guard in a very unique style and he shows that his uh training with eddie bravo was uh for no reason right so like he's going to be able to perform better on his back the thing about this is he's got to be taken down for that to even happen right so justin gaethje with his high takedown defense and his accolades in wrestling this could be a very good fight for him he, he could be able to stand up like it but he's got to avoid getting his legs trapped. I think that's um, a triangle on the, the legs, whether it half guard, whether it uh, uh, whether it um, on top mount. Either way, if you get your legs trapped by Khabib, he, he does very well to squeeze and he will trap your arm and he's going to just wear you out. And um, no amount of explosiveness has been shown to get you out of that situation. For sure. Do you think the death of Khabib's dad, Al-Dubnaf Namagomedov, do you think the the death of him will be a factor in a good, like in a more determined way of winning that he wants to continue his run as he wanted him at a 30 and 0 retirement? Or do you think it'll be in a bad way that it's in his head that it'll take away from him concentrating on his fight? I think one of the big things that we've seen and things that I've looked on like YouTube and such with listening to Khabib and such as he hasn't mentioned it. Um, and he seems to be very much um, a, away from that situation, um, you know, and God uh, rest in peace to his, uh, rest in peace. to his father. Um, but he seems to be very confident in that he's going to continue to do what he does best. Um, he hasn't, Again, he hasn't said anything like, I'm dedicating this to my father. He isn't showing any of those signs. And I believe that comes down to religion. I think he understands that, you know, with the afterlife and such, that that might be one of the things that he's like, okay, well, that could be one of the things that that that's keeping him, you know, composed. 
overall, um, you know, who's to know, right? Death, death is, uh, it comes to us all and it affects everyone around you uh, differently. So, you know, overall, um, I would say it'd be ridiculous if he wasn't affected, but mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to um, show in his fight game because, you know, he would probably want to honor his father by doing a good performance. Sure. I actually saw UFC 254 countdown when he was actually going on and saying, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can do. Oh, good. Uh, he was going on saying that how much he, how, how much of a mentor he was to him, but the whole camp, and like he he said he said himself, it's it, it is harder than usual to train, but he he, he did give a, a, a good example, even though like rest in peace to his father. But when his dad could not make the fight against Connor, he he wasn't training with him. Then he had Javier Mendez which is now his head coach, which was his dad. So I don't, I do, I, I do see a factor, but I think in more a anger and determined way. Mm. I actually yeah. didn't get to finish the whole UFC um, countdown. So I appreciate that insight. Um, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, he does have a new head coach and uh, we would expect to see this a similar performance right like even if he wasn't on top of his game 100 percent, we would still expect the fact that he's still able to move forward he's still able to um push the pace and he it's not going to take away his grappling accolade like that i mean I'm, sure. I say he that. could have turned down the fight to a later time and, and i think that that's what would have been allowed too because even dana was mentioning like you know let's not worry about the lightweight title right now let the man grieve let him come back when he wants to he decided that he wanted to do this so that tells me that he at least has some kind of acceptance and that he's ready in some kind of in some kind of way you know yeah and speaking about his camp i actually got a little <laughs> a, bit, a, bit, a bit of a fight last night his cousin uman namagomedov he was fighting on the prelims was rushed to hospital with a flu in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But um, they were told that the fight is still going ahead. So from what we know, um, it's it's still going ahead. But um, yeah, do you want, do you have a official prediction round? How do you see the fight playing out round by round? Well, I don't know if there'll be a filling out process, you know, to say like... Um, yeah, you can't really call this exactly. Right. You can't, I, I can't really say that, but I will tell you this. I think that in the first round, Justin's really um, going to be looking to use that takedown defense. And, um, but that doesn't really stop Khabib before. I, and even if you take down a few, of it, stop a few of his takedowns, I could imagine that it's just going to keep coming on and on. And I think in the first few rounds, he really needs to, you know, um, I, I push the pace, but be cautious not to get taken down. But he can't be overly cautious to the point where he gets taken down because he's being um, he's being too patient. He's being too cautious. So I would imagine Justin's going to come forward and he's going to put his hands in his face and, and do his best to make reads that um, and to see about catching him on his way down. I could imagine the knee coming, an uppercut coming, something to stop Khabib from his uh, forward momentum. Perhaps we see those leg kicks again. Maybe that would help oh, out sure. in this situation. And his leg kicks are extremely strong. And we saw that against Ferguson. And with those leg kicks, it really does change the pace of how often and how frequent you can take them down. However, you do a leg kick, you get caught. Now it's easy for you to get taken down. So it's something to really consider. Exactly. But um, we were going on Justin's standpoint, but you said to me myself that you see a Khabib win. 
um, like, do you think it's all of a way that people can do all they can? They say they'll defend Khabib's takedowns until he takes you down. Pretty so, much. Yeah. So do you agree that there's going to be a, a majority of the fight is going to be on the floor? Um, in a Khabib win, yes. And in a Khabib loss, no. Um, but I'm thinking Khabib's going to win this. And it's really hard to go against Khabib, man. I think that Justin, if, if anybody could do it, it would be Justin. But you really, you really, I, you never know. You know what I mean? You never know. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> well, do you see a finish, a, a decision? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, a decision. But I just see, especially like within, last you came to my head just there, there's going to be climate change. Khabib is used mm. to being in, in Abu Dhabi. Would you not see that as a factor? or They're fighting in the afternoon here. Um, and I mean, he's been there for a while, but I, he, Justin's fought in Abu Dhabi before. And uh, actually, wait, no. Did he find he fought in Jacksonville? Actually, he didn't fight in Abu Dhabi yet. No. Um, so fought hmm. out of America? No. No, not yet, because he, he fought in Jacksonville. That was the first fight per post-COVID. Um, it was in Jacksonville. Khabib couldn't, uh, because of fight flight restrictions, couldn't get over, which is why Justin took the fight in the first place. Exactly, yes. So, I mean, I these guys are professionals. He's been there probably for about two weeks now, mm-hmm. a week. And I'm sure that he'll his body will become more used to it. Khabib might have an advantage just by being there for a little bit longer, but... I couldn't imagine that it, it, it'd be a deciding factor um, that much. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. But people say that, like, once again, I, I, you don't know how much I am, but, like, gassed for this fight. <laughs> um, I'm, I think since you're in the U.S., um, it's going to be different on the time zone. What, what time exactly is it going to be where you are? For us, it starts around 2 o'clock. Um, and that's the, that's the main card starting at 2 o'clock. And then is the that p.m. or a.m.? That's in PM. Okay, if yeah. it was AM, I would not be. I wouldn't <laughs> watch it. No way. Um, but it starts at two o'clock, and which is great for me since I, I work an overnight. So um, that's that's very helpful. Um, yeah. With me being in me being in Ireland at the moment, well, <laughs> me being in Ireland, um, I'm used to if there's a UFC event or any event, most likely if it's in the US, I'm it's up three AM, four AM, but. It'll be good because it'll be around 7 p.m. when the main card starts, which means the main event will probably be because, like, if you want to stay up, like, I'm not going to lie, half the time I doze off for five minutes. But, you know, it's going to be good because you're you're fully aware. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight, man. That's really cool. Um, I honestly, for us, I mean, it, it starts um, around that time as well. And, uh, it, and that's a very normal for it to go into like 12 um, midnight to 1 a.m. Sometimes, depending on how big the card is, how long yeah. the fights take, if it's decisions, if it's knockouts. So that's good for you. That's good. I'm happy you're going to be able to enjoy this fight um, as much as the rest of the world is and oh, uh, be sure. awake for it. Um, what Did do you think you... about Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier? I was going to get into that just right now. Yes. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually looking into it more last night than I, sh- I, I should have earlier. But um, I feel like the only way Whitaker can win is by a decision. I think he's going to play it smart. He's going to be old Whitaker. I, I really just hear his style. 
against Kananir? Do you not see it as a, well, personally, I just see it as he's going to go smart like a down to like he did with down till. Um, Robert Whitaker is very strong. Robert Whitaker has a, a, a very balanced fighting style and he, he definitely can push forward as well. He, he kind of slips in and out. If you've noticed yeah. in most of his fights, he's looking for that quick shot to catch you with off of counters um, and off of uh, off uh, off foot, his off foots um, and, it, you know, him moving out of your right and like out of line of sight. And then like, if you've seen in which you probably have, if you look at the countdown, or any of his other highlights when he fought Derek Brunson. He can take pressure like that. He's very durable. Um, and he snuck that uh, foot in. Same thing with Jacare Souza. So he's going to be looking to get kind of and get that leaning high kick in there. Um, I'm sure that will be coming out. Um, Jared Kinnear is a big wow. man. Wow. Yeah. That's the only reason I see him. He's going to want to play it smart. So he's thinking a decision win, especially with a guy who was at heavyweight. And with Kananir's power, he, I, like, I don't think he'd want to take the risk at leaning in every, like, leg kicks, even take it to the floor because he, he ain't bad on the floor. So, like, one of the things that I noticed is, well, Jared Kananir is not bad on the floor. His takedown defense is pretty decent. And on yeah. top of that, I've seen him do takedowns in heavyweight division. So that man definitely can pick you up and slam you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an interesting fella i think overall he's in tune with his striking and he's gonna move forward and he's ready for these kind of mix-ups i think jared kennedy is gonna get the edge on this however robert whitaker has put it out there that he thinks he strikes just as hard and again yeah. he uses the word think right yeah. and i want to point that out he thinks he strikes just as hard as jared kennedy and that tells me he's going to be aggressive and uh i think he's going to be kind of going in and out and trying to you know, blitz um, Jared Cannonier. I could see that coming out in the first round. Um, but I think Jared Cannonier is very a very smart fighter, and he's not going to fall victim to that kind of pressure right away. For sure. But um, this fight going to the floor would be very interesting. It would be. I, I just think as him as a kickboxer, um, when Robert Whitaker wants to go to the floor, he can, especially... Yeah, because I just, this is a very, very, like, sketchy and very important fight for Robert Whitaker, especially. He wants to bring back the old Robert. I think, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. I mean, looking at um, what he did to Jack Hermanson, Jared Cannonier, and that Jack Hermanson is a very wild fighter, and he's very good at takedowns. And that takedown defense. Well. Mm -hmm. Robert Whitaker is not like um, uh, not like Jack Hermanza. Robert Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles is a stand-up fighter who has a good takedown. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, his and I'm not taking away from his top game, but you look at Jack Hermanson. That guy, if he wants you on the ground, can typically get you to the ground, and he does it in a very very aggressive style and you saw jared cannonier take those shots you saw karen jared cannonier deny the takedowns and off of a very aggressive jack Manson coming out of the gate in the first round and he literally fought scrambled and got himself up and ready to get back in position i think that if there was going to be a takedown it was going to come in late in the third because it's going to be a tired out this is after he's hoping to tire out jerry cannonier take him down try to finish the fight but 
I couldn't see Derek Kinnear falling victim to this. And if this was a game plan of Robert Whitaker, this might not be the smartest move. Exactly. But <clears throat> we'll wait and see. Who do you see this winning? Oh, Jared Cannonier. I think Jared Cannonier is it's the next up and coming. The guy came all the way from heavyweight down to light heavyweight. Guy's got tremendous discipline to be moving from weight class down to 185 when he was typically like a 240, 250 guy. Nice. That's discipline right there, you know. And he made it clear that, you know, he at one point didn't, he lacked that discipline, but he started yeah. in the heavyweight division here. And I think that he'll continue to move. I think he'll continue to do his uh, due diligence. He's going to show his power. And I think he, that his stand-up game, if he's able to compete with the likes of Anderson Silva, regardless of how old he is, mm-hmm. that he's going to he, – he's got tremendous stand-up, man. For sure. Um, well, do you think – I feel like he, he, he definitely has the power to knock him out. Like, for sure, he has that one-punch power. He's proved it many times. Do you, do you see this fight being a KO? With a KO winner over Kananir? With mm. Kananir? It's a three-rounder, so it's not like Robert was fighting in the Darren Tell fight. I, th- I, I think Darren Kananir can finish the fight. Mm-hmm. I think it will go to decision, as you said before. Yeah. Oh, so you see, I feel like it's going to be, he's just going to come out, like, swinging. Well, not well, swinging, but like, if Paulo Costa was more technical, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, and I think that a lot of that, and I think that that's very good um, for Jared at this point. He needs that kind of technical power base. I mean, that's what he's known for. I mean, coming forward, putting pressure on you, and ultimately making you break. And his top game and his ground and pound are really good too. So if he does catch Robert Whitaker slipping, he could really do some damage. And if not finish the fight, hurt him badly. So I I can see Robert doing it. I don't see him doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Robert can catch him as he's coming in, but I just think he's going to, yeah, I just, same as yourself. I, I, I do see a KO first two rounds. Did you watch any? Anyways, um, did you watch the Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie? Of course, I had everybody in my stream telling me that Brian Ortega was going to lose. I literally said, Same. "This guy." I told myself. Lost. Yep, I said, "This guy, this guy literally lost to a striker. He was undefeated, and he lost badly. He had surgery." There's no way he didn't go back to the drawing board and perfect his striking. He was already a good striker, waiting to stand in the pocket with the likes of Frankie and Cub Swanson. And these Shit. are two uh, pronounced strikers. And you think that he's going to come into this fight and get <clears throat> bullied just because he's a jiu-jitsu guy. No, Brian Ortega has shown that he has a tremendous striking accolade and that he can really mix it up on you. And this is the fight that really showed that his striking is especially much better than what it once was. Well, for um, sure. That spin and elbow came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, but that's the thing. It was very timed. It was a slip, and he, he did that with expert precision and he actually was throwing it multiple times in that fight as well and the fact that he had had, when he would throw it it was either hitting the block or it connected shows that it's a a, a, an eye a high iq fighter decision to do that he's now going to go against alex vulcan alexander volkanovsky and i think that this might be the i think he might become champion here i think that he's he gets taken down 
which is something different from Max Holloway. Granted, Max Holloway's uh, jiu-jitsu, he's shown that he can really throw some really good subs, and he's very dangerous on his back. When he wants to, yes. Absolutely. However, you're going against Brian Ortega. So it's if your striking is not up to par with Brian and you try to take him down, he just now eliminated that other option because guaranteed Volkanovski's top game, unless he can do what uh, – Paul Felder did to Charles Oliver. <laughs> oh God, he destroyed him. Unless well, you could do that, but they, I mean, no. But um, I expected way more from Chan Sung Jung, <laughs> man. Like, I went to the Koreans. Um, yeah, he came out like because he would. He got a few strikes in. He, if he was more aggressive, and like, I, I don't know what happened to him. I really don't. It was just, yeah, I have no comments on it because I thought the fight, I, I was really looking forward to seeing that fight on the ground. I really wanted to see both of them at jiu-jitsu. But, I, that, I was, but that was the thing. I mean, and, and, I, and that's right there. What was the biggest thing is to why I said Brian Ortega was going to win this fight because if the fight went to the ground, I thought Brian had the, had the a better, and actually Brian showed wrestling accolade too because he took this man down with a yes. sweet double leg. The, oh, and, that is right. Yes, when he rushed in. And when do you see Brian Ortega really go for a double leg? I mean, other than when he was toward the end of the round, but really he goes for clinches and, and grips your head and really looked for those tight uh, guillotines and, and dragging to the ground and going in deep waters like that, but never a double leg. He really evolved here. And, he, and I mean, bald head Brian Ortega is a real menace. <laughs> oh, man, I, th I, th I think like that's another reason overnight he just got even better because of that shaved head <laughs> two years two years the man has definitely been studying what he did wrong there he stood in front of max holloway getting beat up he's not going to do that again if he fights max holloway again he is prepared i think he's definitely wants to fight this man again yeah um, and because he wants to revenge that loss but he is prepared he is capable of doing some serious damage over to um uh max holloway as well and i think that he is the future of the featherweight division so what do you see next exactly in the featherweight division take away this title fight i think that max and brian see each other again i think that that's coming up the pipeline for sure i mean it it's him volkanovsky and ortega at this point those are the cream of the crop the top of the division uh, the Korean zombie, he's definitely good. I mean, he's been in title fight situation before, been in five rounders. Eventually, he will come back. I'm sure that this is just something he's going to go to the drawing board with and show that he's, he's going to have to improve his striking um, because clearly a, a, you fight somebody with like the, the accolades of Brian Ortega and you were looking for takedowns. And he didn't show you almost he didn't show you any clinching. He didn't go for those subs. And uh, I think that perhaps maybe it was a trending camp thing. Who knows? He definitely has the skills to get up to being a number one contender in the future. Um, but the clock's ticking, so he needs to start going back to the drawing board and get elusive and and really be unpredictable. Um, he throws a lot of cl uh, close uh, shots. He doesn't really go with the distance. And um, he's looking to take your head off a lot. And that's what Brian countered on. So I can exactly. see that. I could see that. Uh, I think Brian Ortega beats um, Alex Vol uh, Alexander Volkanovski. I, I don't think, see. I think the that. Sorry for the interruption. No, please. I think I think the Korean Zombie would have beaten Alexander Volkanovski too. Personally, I think Max could beat him a third time. I personally think that Volk won the second fight, but 
he's made too many mistakes and it was that close that he can't lose the third time personally for Max. But for me, for the for the featherweight division future, I would love, I, I'd like to see the top five, isn't it? Oh, we have Zabit. Oh, that's right. And he's going to be fighting years in. Yeah, I, I would love to see him. I, I think the winner of that gets Max and then the, the, the Korean Zombie and Josh Emmett. I'm just looking at the top five division, and I forgot about Josh. I mean, that dude's a monster. He's, he's his wrestling to his power to his striking. That dude really knows how to utilize his body as a weapon. Yeah. So for me, if you asked me, I would go Zabit Holloway. Um, well, no, Zabit Yair. The the winner gets Holloway, obviously. Um, Brian Ortega versus Alexander Volkanovsky, and then Josh Emmett. Versus the Korean Zombie. I think that that would be a great match. I think Josh Emmett starches the Korean Zombie. Yeah, I, think- I don't know. I just think he's not as good as he was. What do you think? Well, I'm just talking off one loss, but... What, for the Korean Zombie? Yeah. He's good. I just don't see him being a champion. I think that he beat up a Frankie Edgar that... I mean, who looks good in bantamweight division. But you beat up a Frankie Edgar... Um, and Frankie Edgar came off a loss from Max Holloway a few months prior. Um, and I don't feel as though Frankie Edgar is a good statement to show that the Korean zombie was it, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like Frankie Edgar is on his downward. I think he's about to be 40 soon. And even if he's in the bottomweight division, like Jose, like Jose Aldo did, exactly. yeah. that it doesn't mean much. I don't see him being a champion in bottomweight division. I know he's going for it. I hope he proves me wrong. But if he fights Jan, I think Jan's going to beat him up. Um, but if Aljamain, if he fights Aljamain Sterling, Aljamain Sterling will take him down. And he's a bigger <laughs> man. And I sure. Like, uh, that's, that's, that's what I see. How do you see that fight playing out, actually? I was actually going to go into the events that are getting announced, and one of them is in December, I think. Mm-hmm. We have um, Perian versus Aljamain Sterling. How, how do you see that fight playing out? So, one of the things to make, to, to, to make clear is... That Aljamain Sterling is aggressive and he is precise. That dude, that dude showed a lot when he beat Corey Sanhagen within a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Corey yeah. Sanhagen is beat up Marlon Rice. Granted, I think that that had everything to do with reach in that fight. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think that Aljamain Sterling wrestling is there and I think that if you really look at what Jan has I think in the striking Jan I think will beat the crap out of Alderman for sure, Sterling for sure. but I think Alderman Sterling even though that is the case could show up doing some crazy striking like he usually does you know spinning back elbows crazy kicks yeah. and, and really open up Jan to get those takedowns but if he gets in top control I think he I truly believe that he, that he beats up Jan 
inside of the takedowns. I think that he's extremely good at grappling. He looks like a lightweight right. inside of this bottomweight division, and he's strong. He's so, so strong. He could be a featherweight. The dude is huge. And with that being stated, with all the muscle and with all that that skill, I, I feel like he wins. What about you? I think, personally, this is literally going to be an example of how much a wrestler beats a striker. I don't think either. I, I I don't think he's gonna take his time, but he's gonna be very precise with his takedowns. Like personally, I see Jan. It could turn out the opposite, but I see Jan. Jan is a better fighter, but I I, I may sound stupid, but I think that Jan is a better fighter, but Aljamain Sterling is a better martial artist. That's interesting. That's an interesting. Um, because he's better fighter, because. Just in in ways, it's if you look at the fights, the, the way I see it, it's when it comes to martial arts, he's better well rounded. Personally, but I see an an Algerian Sterling beat down when when it gets to the floor, but back and forth when it co- when it's on the feet. Right, and and again, Jan is Jan's very strong. Jan's sure. boxing is crisp, and um, he might just come out and start. Aljamain Sterling. I do think, though, that Aljamain Sterling is extremely talented and his uh, accolades on the ground speak for themselves. For sure. Um, speaking, if we're going, isn't isn't there like one more title fight involved in that card? I can't see, but I I don't know. Oh, yes, I, that's right. Um, the, the main event, Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Oh, that's the main event? Yeah, Megan Anderson's gonna get beat up for sure. Yeah, there's uh, one more fight, but I don't think. Yeah, the the December card is always three. Last year it was a three round one. I think there was three title fights in last December's card on the Usman. On the Usman Covington, we had Usman Covington. You had Alexander Volkanovski and Holloway the first fight, and then there was one more. I, th- I think, yeah, it was one of them anyways. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that w- one of the champions right now, Amanda Nunes, I don't, I don't see her losing any of the belts. <laughs> no, not at all. Why? Who's beating her? Who's beating her in the, st- in the hands? Who's beating her on the ground? Yeah. Like, um, she showed against an, a grappler that she is superior. She literally mm. drew that fight out with her last opponent. I forget her name. Um, literally, yeah, I don't same. think it, and unfortunately, I don't think it matters too much. And no disrespect to that person. If you watch this, uh, I apologize, yeah. but you got starch. And um, I think Megan Anderson showing uh, that she could be taken down and she got taken down and beaten up a Holly Holm. Holly Holm got knocked out with a high kick from Amanda Nunes. I don't, what can you do to Amanda Nunes that is going to throw off her game? She showed even in adversity against Jermaine Duranamy that she can take you down. Wow, that was just wow. Like that was so one-sided, and I was surprised. But- and, and again, and, and this that's in the hands. I mean, and she's like, okay, well, if you're gonna beat me up in the hands, I'm going to take you down and I'm going <laughs> to but if you're not beating her up in the hand, like she did with Raquel Punishing, she'll stand in front of you and she's going to make you throw and she's going to take your leg out. She's going to take your face out. And she can knock you out like she did Chris Cyborg easily. And I think Chris Cyborg in she general. Actually, yeah, she wants that rematch. She won recently last Thursday on Bellator. She would, 
pretend her belt and she's asking for the rematch against Nunes. I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, honestly, come come through from Bellator. They should do some cross-promotional events. I they think really Michael should. Chandler is coming over as well. Yeah, he's signed, yes. He still is the, the backup fighter for Khabib Gaethje. <laughs> I'm not a Michael Chandler. I don't think Michael Chandler is that guy. Pers- personally, I think he gets beaten by all the all of the, the top five li- well, lightweights. My bad. Put him against Connor. Put him against like put him against a Dustin. Put him against Dan Hooker, and I think yeah, that Michael Chandler gets beats up. I actually think Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler would be an amazing fight. Put him in with him. Dan yeah. Hooker is a menace, and that dude right there will show you if you're really good, you can beat Dan Hooker. Um, Dustin showed that he can outclass Dan Hooker completely, and and put him in deep waters in his first five rounds. And he, Dan Hooker has got a lot of heart. Justin Poirier is a savage, and if you can beat Dan Hooker, um, I, I believe you're a legit threat. Dan Hooker is a serious problem, and when he starts to, when he, I, I don't want to go too much on tangent, but when Dan Hooker really polishes yeah. up his game, that yeah. dude is going to be a monster. He's got the height, the reach, the skill. He just needs to polish up a little bit more. Maybe switches training camps. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of um, Dustin, have you heard that apparently they they signed contracts for Conor McGregor and Dustin in Cabo in the Cowboy Stadium? Is that Texas? Um, yeah, they're they're trying really they're they're trying to do that. Um, Dana White mentioned something about depending on the presidential election will depend on if they're able and able to to pursue that i'm assuming he's just he's looking that as if trump wins then he'll that trump will open up more things and if biden wins biden's probably going to close things down a little bit more or at least suggest they get closed down regardless regardless of that um i think it'd be an amazing thing to see those that amount of fans maybe not all the seats filled we're still in covid But it would be really cool to see in Cowboy Stadium Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor in general is a, a huge draw. Millions upon millions every time he fights. And Dustin Poirier is a phenom. And truly, this rematch is something to behold. I still think Conor will starch him. But Dustin's hands have really improved. So For I should sure. be wrong. Yeah. I same, I think Connor chaos him, but I don't think it'll turn out the way it did. Like the first fight, it won't go at least a minute and a half. I think, like, same with Max Holloway. If you put Max Holloway up against Connor McGregor, it'll be a way tougher fight. And I see the same as Dustin, but yeah, we just know that. And then he actually tweeted out saying Cowboy Stadium against Dustin Poirier, then Manny, which is at Manny Pacquiao, I'm guessing. Yeah, he wants to he wants to venture into boxing. And I think the fight with Manny Pacquiao would be interesting. I don't know about Connor being, you know, incredible within boxing, but he would have the reach on Manny Pacquiao. And um, Manny Pacquiao is getting a little bit older in age. Yeah. Um, not too much, but you know, Connor, I guess, is getting like to what 33, I mean, 34 at this point. Yeah, too. he did he didn't show his age against uh, Keith Thurman. Did you nope. see that fight? Yeah. But um, Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao, I think personally, like Manny and Pacquiao and Mayweather is two different fighters. Manny's not going to wait. <laughs> Manny's going to try to literally take your head off. Like, I 
like either way, if you put them up, if you get a, a Mayweather rematch or a Manny Pacquiao fight versus Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is going to lose. I think that it, that's interesting, right? Because the bo- boxing is completely different from MMA, where in MMA, you know, you can if they if you get knocked down, you know, you can get followed up and get taken out right away. You get knocked down instead of boxing, you get up, you got ten count. And uh, let's say he did catch Manny with a counter here and there. He gets 10 seconds to get up and you're not following up with that. I mean, in he's been boxing for years. You yes. do Since MMA. He was young, actually. Extremely. And granted, so is McGregor. But I truly think that, you know, the a, a boxer is an expert at the sport. And unless Connor is truly an expert in this game, I don't know if he's going to be able to win that. For sure. Um, so either way, I was actually looking recently, um, it gets mentioned a few times in Khabib interviews that Mayweather wants a fight against Khabib, but Khabib said he'll only fight him if the, the rounds are 11 rounds of boxing, one round of MMA. What's your take on that? Could you imagine Khabib taking down Mayweather? Because <laughs> like, Khabib would beat the shit out of him if he yeah, made it to that round. For sure. Um, I mean, but like in that final round, Khabib will literally grab him and beat the crap out of him and finish him. Um, I, uh, why? You know why? Yeah. Uh, Khabib striking, you know, is not gonna. I think that that's that's interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, 11, three minute rounds is much different than five, five minute rounds. And, and could, maybe could be a kid stamina could go through and perhaps his defense is really there. Maybe he just clenches up and it becomes a very boring fight, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just went completely off topic, but <laughs> yeah, no, we're fine. Me too. Yeah. But, um, have you actually seen the speaking? You are a big top level gamer of UFC four. Have you seen the, the patch that came out today? Oh, of course. You, you saw I was just playing yeah. that earlier. Um, the patch uh, is pretty decent. I think they reverted it more back to UFC three days, um, which is pretty good. I'm, I'm still decent striking with it. Um, I think I got very used to the style within the previous patch. And now I feel like there's a little bit more technical aspect to it, which is good. And I mean, I, I think that's what was needed because a bunch of these uh, top level gamers are coming through and just high pressure, high pressure, high pressure. Now it's a lot more, it can be a lot more technical and I, I feel that way. So now it's time for me to evolve and in, in my striking realm, because I'm getting, I'm, I mean, I'd lost a few times to some high level uh, strikers, even though I felt like mm-hmm. I was beating them up, I was doing a good job, but they caught me with that one counter and, Stuff like that can still happen, man. Yes, um, I'm not even gonna get into my recent league fights. Like I could have, I was fighting for a title recently, and I have, I was in a one-sided fight, six knockdowns in like three rounds. I had, and I made one mistake, wasted my stamina when I was trying to grind and pound, and I paid for it with a submission. <laughs> that happens, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I go into uh, when I always talk about people who actually played UFC 4, they always compare it. Like, people say this is the best UFC game. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think maybe UFC Undisputed 3 is up there? Do you think it's better than EA Sports UFC 3? Or what's your thoughts? I, I think that 
there are positives within this game and that it is better than three in my opinion i think now it definitely shows that it is because it's reverted it's striking to being what three kind of was i do think that there's more patches to come and that they will fix the things that i did not like previously about the patch but that it is what it is um UFC 3 Undisputed allowed for a lot more groundwork. Um, there were Butterfly Guards, um, Spider Guard. Ru- the, yeah, there's Rubber Guard, but like yeah. there were a little bit more there. It was a little bit more technical. You could do a lot more. You know, Now that I do a little bit of jiu-jitsu, I'm looking to be like, okay, well, if I can put you in a, in a, in a Butterfly Guard, what am I able to do here? And... Um, you're not really able to do that in this game and nor is there there's a few things missing within the ground and i would love to see them add a lot more to the groundwork more transitions more um more specialty moves and if they're able to do that then i would say this is the best game but until then um, i would actually give it to three um not necessarily in the striking realm but Um, ufc undisputed undisputed. oh undisputed yeah that is a good game um i actually i I've been a UFC fan for like three years now, but I had UFC Undisputed 3 when I wasn't a UFC fan. and I, I would just play it either way, but I wish I still have the disc, man. <laughs> like, because I loved all, like those vintage games. Like, they, they have so much stuff that EA could have done, especially with the graphics at the moment. Like, do you think it, it should bring back certain things? Like, um, Doctor stoppages, um, etc. Oh my God! Yeah, they did that in their boxing games, and they should definitely bring that inside of UFC three. If you continue to hit somebody in the same spot on their head, and you bleed them out, and you cut them, you know, tune it a little bit, of course. But if it's the same spot over and over, swelling, more cuts, it's just exactly the same. Doctor stoppage would be amazing, and I, you know, I, I, I think that you know, if you're gonna put it in the announcement and like by Cormier and stuff, then it should be there. It should. And I, and granted Dr. Stoppage does happen and it happens at the end of a round. I would like that. Do you think there's time for a big patch where they could actually do that? Oh, of course. I mean, they were right in the beginning. We've only had four. I think that the, the game overall, uh, you know, granted I'm not in their funds and I'm not in, in that kind of realm, but I would imagine that, you know, perhaps putting more resources toward, making this as much lifelike as possible, especially within the ground. And the sky's yeah. the limit, man. Why yeah, not? Exa- exactly. Um, but I do think that if you compare it to other games, especially fighting games, and what was the company? Was it THQ? That yeah, I think so. For Undisputed 3, exactly, yes. I've heard that EA is has run out of contract with the, with the UFC for their games, so... People actually, I've seen many GoFundMe pages for THQ to bring it back, especially with the graphics. Could you imagine? That would be incredible. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be worthwhile, right? Because THQ also used to make WWE games. And exactly. WWE games right now within 2K. 2K is you know made for good basketball games, good sports games. Maybe even 2K takes this over too. Oh, um, you, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, well, they need to do better than what they did with the WWE game. But yeah. they they... Um, there's so much that really could be put out here and um, allowing another developer to kind of come in and rework this and make more realism to this. Amazing. 
mm-hmm. one thing I am looking forward to are there are boxing games that are coming out and yes, they're supposed yes. to be um, both. There are two different uh, companies making boxing games and they're Wait, supposed to be both... no, no. Um, they're both just independent companies that are making boxing oh. games. And um, I forget what they're, they're called, but if you look up upcoming boxing games, they'll pop up. I can actually do it now, but I saw a little bit of the trailer and they look incredible. Yeah, well, um, I don't know if you know him, but um, Eddie Hearn, boxing promoter, has announced that they're planning a new, a brand new fight night, which is very cool. But it's going to be under EA. It's it's been in rumors for ages, but never got confirmed. A new boxing game, and I heard you mention a with the WWE games. Like, yeah, they I'm I've been for a good over ten years now a, a WWE fan. Every year, the game mm-hmm. and everything. If you want to compare, like SmackDown versus Raw, here comes the pain. That was just an outstanding game. But if you want to compare it to 2K18, 2K19, you can see a big difference. Like they sometimes those gaming companies can be very lazy. If you get yeah. me, yeah. They just copy and paste, copy and paste, which is you know. I personally would enjoy seeing the differences between 2007 to 2008 within WWE games. Yeah. I enjoyed 2008, 2009, the differences. There were added stuff. It made you feel like you needed to invest in this new game because you were missing out on content if you didn't. And that kind of thing is not what we get now with video games in general. I mean, in, in, in UFC three to four, there's a huge outcry that a lot of people are like, well, they added all this cool stuff, but they never fixed. Um, they didn't really patch out all the mistakes and all the errors. They still have a lot of openings for corrections here, like a lot of opportunities, but overall, I mean, it's not, it doesn't change the fact that if a new game comes out, people are going to buy it. And that's what gaming companies look at nowadays. And they don't really take into consideration the amount of development time needed to do so. They had enough time. Everyone does. And if, because you really do, do you really need a new game every year? You don't, you don't need a new call of duty every year. You don't need a new, they can, you don't need a new FIFA, but they bring it out anyway, because that is a guaranteed 60 plus dollar transaction from hundreds of thousands to millions uh, to millions of people that are guaranteed and you make it killing even if you just added one or two new features and and the best thing that people can get for it is you get a new updated roster and that's i think it. that that's that's where it would be really cool to see something change within that culture within the gaming community. Like with UFC three, it, it, it stopped getting patches about a, like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And that sucked. But at the same time, you know, if that's the case and you're going to spend all that time till now to develop a brand new game and the game is, has, you know, feedback from the people that have gone through it and more and you're, you're investing in something worthwhile. Yeah. I feel like there was a, bigger difference from ufc 2 to ufc 3 than from ufc 3 to ufc 4 especially like the career mode and everything but um there is yeah yeah and then you went on um about the wwe games for sure um 2k i heard a few months back have a new um co-executive guy if i'm not mistaken who will be creating the new 2k games from now on so and he actually is dropping hints that he's going to bring back, well, if you do play the WWE games, you have to bring back GM mode, 
general manager and everything. Yeah. That was it so was, fun. Yeah, exactly. And um, there's talks about that, but there's a lot of things that the fans want. Like most companies, EA 2K, they're not listening to their fans most of the time. If, if my complete opinion, sometimes they can be very lazy. I've seen many times from FIFA to UFC. Like I, I expected way more from stuff that was in UFC 3 Undisputed, UFC Undisputed 3 to UFC 4. They could have added so much. They could have bought they could have brought back Pride Mode. I really wanted Pride Mode. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. You can't we got what we kind of expected from EA, but I do I do play the game. It's just I expected way more. Right. We get what we get new arenas. Fine. I'm okay with new arenas, <laughs> yeah. but I want to play in uh when it's Halloween, I want to play in a, ha- in a haunted place. I want to play in some new venues. I heard in the patch. No, they all they did was they just expanded on the venues that you could have played in career and everything else. And it made it so that if oh. you invite somebody else that you can use them. And then, then that's like, you know, cool. I mean, I wish that that was fixed in the beginning, but it, Mm-hmm. what are you doing you know what i yeah. mean like we, we, we i would rather we get more content make it worth it right like for example on ranked why do i need to be in the top anything what do i get from it i don't get anything i don't exactly. get achievement yeah. i don't get nothing do you and... fight dsfl sorry no. for interrupting you no, um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to partake in that. Um, as much as I, I don't. I honestly, it's because they it goes on later than I would uh, uh, prefer. I mean, even on it and being honest, on Wednesday it's going to start at seven o'clock, and I have to go into work at two in the morning afterward, and I'm still commentating. And I don't know if how long much longer I got to do that, but it, it's it's just for me personally, the ESFL is um, it's great. It's really cool, but I don't have the time to do so. I'll play my ranked. I'll play the game and I'll just, you know, people know that I'm good. People know that I'm a threat um, and that, you know, I, I can get taken. I can be a beaten up easily, but at the same time, I, uh, I, I can put, I can beat you up easily. So it's, I don't need to prove myself by going into yeah. USFL. You clearly beat me up in a best of three. <laughs> yeah. But um, we so actually, bang. Yeah, but um, I'm not going to confirm things because anything from this podcast to the next episode, but if everything goes to plan, my next guest actually is the Romero, the ESFL undefeated champion, which will be very cool to to discuss stuff with him. But um, yeah, man, well, I guess that's how we talked for it. And um, the guys, that was Ruthless Omni, top level UFC 4 gamer. So thank you for joining us, man. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. See you then. Bye. See you.